So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo, dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. Are we ready to start? One, two, three. I'm a proud Democrat, but first and foremost, I'm a proud Republican and Democrat and mostly American. Can you believe in miracles? Yes, you can. On a shucky-ducky kind of day. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. I'm f***ing up and ready and running. So the audience are a bunch of hoes. Yeah. Real classy. Why don't we just go to the story? Talk radio has made people lack confidence in a lot of our existing institutions. The best place to get real information is the Armstrong and Getty show. <laughs> they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Here. Why are you here today? I don't watch the news. The birthplace of talk radio. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. Forever! I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. I seem to be wearing a woman's shirt, which is really throwing me off for the day. Um, the button's on the wrong side? Isn't that one way to tell? Right. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to yes. be fair, it does match your purse very nicely. <laughs> you look beautiful. You're very pretty. Yeah. It matches my purse. Hilarious. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I bought this the other day. When you have uh, small children, you don't have time to uh, like try things on and all that sort of stuff. So you grab stuff off the rack and hope it fits. But I grabbed this off. I thought what was the men's rack, and I bought this at Tractor Supply. That's where you buy. Oh. That's why you where you buy lawnmowers and uh, and a livestock feed and stuff like that, and they had some shirts hanging there. And I thought this is my kind of shirt. It's one of your snap button Western style shirts. Right. It was nine dollars. You're perfect. You're talking. You're speaking my language there. <laughs> it was a large. Yeah. That's what I am. Yeah. So I bought it. Seemed like kismet. A, uh, a, it was meant to be. Exactly. You just grabbed it and ran. Exactly. So this morning I'm putting it on and. Uh, the buttons are on the wrong side, which could only this, lead me to believe this, this is, is European. It seems to be on the wrong side of the maybe, road. What maybe is, that's it. It's European. What is this? Have you ever tried to button a shirt with the buttons on the wrong side? It feels like I'm using someone else's hands. It's practically impossible. 
Why would it be that hard? I guess you're just used to it the other way, but right. it's it's almost impossible. Almost impossible. And I have no other clean shirts, so. It is a very manly <laughs> plaid, though. A yeah. very manly plaid. It doesn't look no particular, but, but I could also see my wife wearing this shirt, so. Okay. In her jeans and boots. So. Well, the feathered collar should have given it away a little bit. <laughs> so the sleeves are a little short also. Uh, <laughs> All sides are pointing yeah. in one direction. Uh-huh. Yes. Although there's more room for my moobs than usual, <laughs> which is actually, is actually working out pretty well for me. Live from Studio C, dimly lit room, etc., etc. Under the tutelage of our general manager, our commander-in-chief, the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. He is something else. What he is, I don't know. We'll discuss. But he is something else, man. That rally yesterday in Arizona. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What an interesting time to be alive. So Joe is not here today. He took his uh, youngest off to college. And uh, this is our last gasp of summer. With uh, J- Joe taking off, I was gone Monday for the eclipse, and then we're all back uh, working for quite a while, starting next week with everybody's back at school. Congress will be back in session. We got a looming uh, government shutdown. And Fun time is over. Time to get serious. Exactly. Right. Time to get serious. And uh, that's what we're going to do today as we study the world. Study the world. All right. Study the world. Study the world. Exactly. We're going to study the world. And we'll kick off the show by introducing everybody in the squad. Everybody here, a male and wearing, it appears, men's clothes, except for me. There is our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, and pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing okay. Uh, just so you don't feel bad, Jack, um, the other day, I won't, I never thought I'd confess this, but I was wearing a John Deere dress the other day. So. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, it, it happens. Mm. Hey, I was just reading that a lot of there were some couples that got married during the uh, total eclipse, and so they had that like in the background for the two oh, minutes. Really? Well, got, that's that's a pretty cool idea. It is a cool idea, and as as somebody attending that wedding, that would be awesome because you know the vows would not be long because it'd only be like two minutes long, you know, and it would be great wedding. Did I mention yesterday that the the the, the most disappointing part to both me and, me and my son uh, uh, was how short it was. If that was two minutes, that was an awful fast two minutes. I mean, it seemed like it just started when it got black and you could take off your glasses, then it was over. Like, well, that's it? That fast? Whoa, 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 can I see that again? I'm used to being able to zap my DVR <laughs> right. back and watch right. that again. No, that's it. That's it. It's over. Catch us again in 40 years if you want to. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, we, we've heard so much about peak TV these days, how there's so many good shows on. And i got to say, my, my favorite show, it's one of... Uh, it seems to be kind of a something that's adapting to the new way that people watch TV. It doesn't have a regular airtime. It seems to only happen maybe uh, somewhere between one to three times a week. But every now and then, like this 70-year-old guy gets up on stage in a suit in front of people and just starts losing his mind. <laughs> he just starts spouting stuff off. Like, sometimes I think it's a rerun, but no, he mentioned Joe Arpaio this time. So, no, no, this is a new episode, new episode. What's he going to say next? I can't get enough of it. It's crazy. God, it was something else. It was something else, man. The crowd was eating it up. No doubt about that. We'll play a lot of clips of uh, Trump last night in Arizona. And, uh, as usual, half the country thinks it's awesome and half the country thinks it's, you know, the country falling apart and... Uh, and everything in between. Really something to watch. Oh, by the way, speaking of television, is this a made-up story, or is it true that ESPN pulled an announcer named Robert Lee? It is true. Oh, my God. It is true. That can't actually have happened. Yes. An Asian announcer, Robert Robert Lee. And it wasn't like he was... Oh, my God! He drunkenly fought a boss, and so now he's getting let go. He's getting pulled for the name? Just because Robert Lee, as in Robert E. Lee... 
might make some of the viewers think ESPN's for slavery. I what 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 is the leap there? I mean, it's just for one game. Right? Uh, more on that story coming up. That is un. We have lost our mind as a nation. Officially based on that story. We'll talk about that later. So crazy. Uh, there's Vincent, our senior executive producer. How are you, Vincent? Yeah, I went through a lot of uh, the Donald clips from last night. Here are my top four drops from uh, Donald in Phoenix. He was spreading a lot of love. I love you because you're white. I love you because you're from Japan. I love you because you're black. And then uh, he had not so, uh, not so much love for uh, George Stephanopoulos. Little George Stephanopoulos. <laughs> Dropping the hype bomb on him. Man, that was classic Trump. He was feeling it. It was like it was the campaign all over again yep. for Donald Trump last night. There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm feeling sassy this morning. The Powerball jackpot stands at $700 million ahead of tonight's drawing. Wow. Second largest jackpot in U.S. history. Cash option. If you just cash it out without, oh, you got to pay the taxes, of course. Cash option, $443 million, drawing at 7.59 p.m. West Coast time. Mark your calendar. Guaranteed to ruin your life if you win. And once again, my friends, I am revising my coworker gifting list. There have been some <laughs> major changes. Based on how you're treated. Indeed. <laughs> So if you win, you will shower some of your friends and colleagues and coworkers with riches. Oh God, yes! But I'm not already, everyone. Yeah, yeah, no. If I if I win big, I've already decided a million bucks for a certain select group of people. Million bucks each. Thank you in advance, Marshall. Re- I do yeah, appreciate I've always you loved as a friend. Your newscast. Reason number one that winning a lottery like that would ruin your life, unless you're going to keep it secret, would be which would be kind of a weird lifestyle on its own. Right. You'd have this huge secret from all your friends and family. If you don't keep it secret, God, everybody you've ever known and plenty of people you don't coming to you with their terrible stories of a sick kid or they're right. injured or lost their job or here's the cause asking you for money. You just you you have 400 some million dollars. How come you can't give me $50,000 to get my donut shop going or whatever it well, is? You see, Jack, that It'd is just why, be never ending starting day one. That is why right away you use a big chunk of that money to ha- hire the finest in security. Yeah, well, if you if you want to become a hermit and abandon all your family and friends. That is one option. I think that's where you end up whether you want to or not. Because, yeah. God, yeah. people you give money to, a lot of them are going to feel like it wasn't enough. The people you say, no, 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 I'm, you know, I'm not giving out any money or anything like that. They hate you now. They're no longer your friends. People you've been friends with forever. I know this happens. I've seen the documentaries with these, these right. lottery winners. I, I don't, unless you kept it secret, which would be weird. Then you'd have this weird secret. From all your friends, and I just think it would be strange. I would secretly buy all the homes that they were renting, and all of a sudden, I'd, no, I'm your landlord now. Don't ask me how. I got to admit, when I was a much younger, pettier, angrier man, working at a lone little radio station for this guy that I hated so much. Oh my God, I hated that guy with the, with the, the burning fire of a thousand right. suns. Wow. I mean, I just really hated that guy. He was an awful human being, in my defense. Uh, but uh, I always thought if I won the lottery, I was going to buy the radio station and fire him. That was my only dream. I would just buy this whole place and fire that SOB. And then it's my, good to have motivation. And my theory was, because this was small town radio, my theory was, wait till he gets another job, go to that radio station, buy it, and fire him again, and just keep doing it. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> wow. You know, sitting around with that sort of hate in your heart doesn't get you anywhere. Doesn't make you happier in the long run. That's what I found. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty, clearing the other side of the uh, country, taking his kid to college. It is Wednesday, August 23rd, the year 2017. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program, and we might as well start it as it is about 6.15 at Mark. And nobody wants me to talk about your other senator, who's weak on borders, weak on crime. So I won't talk about him. We were one vote away. Think of it. Seven years. The Republicans, and again, you have some great senators. But we are one vote away from repeal. Drain the swamp, ladies and gentlemen. So apparently, because he's doing the whole, they told me not to talk about this, which I'll bet they probably actually did. They told me not to name the names. Okay, I won't name the names, and then he ain't on me. Clearly references uh, the two senators from Arizona, but that's what people like about him. The people that like him, that's what they like. He does Seven years! Orange hair don't care, man. He does what he wants. <laughs> we got more of the president and commentary on that coming up. What are their headlines, Marshall? Orange hair don't care. That's the new cry. Trump's fiery rally in Phoenix. Google challenging Amazon big time. And I do have more details about the ESPN uh, announcer getting pulled because of his name. <laughs> Stories coming up, 635 Armstrong and Getty. An announcer named Robert Lee can't be involved in a football game because it would make people think of Robert E. Lee? Yes. And then what? And then what after that? God, we're so crazy. We're so crazy. We're mentally ill as a nation. We need we need psychiatrists for the whole country. It's nuts. Speaking of nuts, either nuts good or nuts bad, that rally in Arizona last night, Jim Root, friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show for a long time, was there. We'll talk about the protests outside. We'll talk about the crowd inside. We'll play some more clips. That's all coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The failing New York Times, which is like so bad, it's so bad. The Washington Post, which I call a lobbying tool for Amazon, okay? CNN, which is so bad and so pathetic and their ratings are going down. ABC this morning, they have little George Stephanopoulos talking to Nikki Haley, right? Little George. But for the most part, honestly, these are really, really dishonest people. And they're bad people. And I really think they don't like our country. I really believe that. And I don't believe they're going to change, and that's why I do this. If they would change, I would never say it. The only people giving a platform to these hate groups is the media itself and the fake news. Uh, That is something from a president of the United States. Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. But politically... I know on the coasts, on either side of the interstates, if you've ever seen that map of how Hillary voting went or Trump voting went, it's between the interstates, between I-95 on the East Coast and I-5 on the West Coast. In between, Trump won big. Uh, On the outside, by the ocean, Hillary won big. And that's how different the view is of the world between the interstates. But people between the interstates, they hate the media. So Trump is on solid ground attacking the media. The, the, the people in between the interstates, 
the vast majority aren't thinking, oh, my gosh, the president's saying bad things about CNN. They freaking love that. I guarantee you. And if you've just seen the ratings down there with Congress, the media and almost all our institutions, which means we're falling apart as a nation. By the way, um, while we're on the subject of the president speaking, how about we talk to someone who was actually there? A friend of the Armstrong and Getty for many, many years, Jim Roop, who is in Arizona, maybe still is. How are you, Jim? Uh, yeah, I'm still here. I'm fine. It's I tell you this uh, one thing. Well, two things. Number one, I've never been more uncomfortable covering an event in my entire life last night. The way the people looked at the press, uh, you know, kind of corral there. Number one. Number two, it never cools off here. <laughs> just hot. Just plain hot. It's just, man, when I got out of the thing last night, what was it 10 o'clock or whatever? It's still like 90 degrees. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Uh, my parents do the uh, Phoenix area in the uh, the wintertime and then go up in the mountains in the summer. Of course, a lot of people do that, but. Um. Uh, so you were you were outside or inside or both? Both. Okay. Both. I was in. I was outside before, obviously uh, covering some of the very very peaceful protests before. Uh, then inside for the thing. Then outside when the uh, and, and it really wasn't as chaotic as some of the news footage might show. Oh, really? It was done really in like twenty minutes. Uh, Phoenix police were really on top of things. Uh, it it there, there were some pockets of skirmishes. But nothing real big. I think four arrests. Nobody really hurt. Some some uh, tear gas in the eyes, kind of thing. And it's unclear whether the tear gas was thrown by those anarchists who show up to everything. Yeah. Or whether the police, you know, I think the police should have like a a, a certain color smoke, so you know who threw what. You know, it'd be really nice. Oh, that that, that is that is a great idea. A great idea. A, a, a certain color. That law enforcement uses, so you immediately know that came from the good guys, not the bad guys. Well, yeah, I, that that wouldn't be so. Uh, last night I'm going like, who threw what? You know, I can't tell. So it, it, other than until you go pick up a canister, you know, and you don't really want to do that anyway. But until you do that, you can't tell who threw it. Yeah, I don't. Boy, I don't want to get bogged down in the uh, in the, the editorializing on this because uh, uh, I'm kind of interested in the particulars. But it's interesting of you saying <clears throat> it wasn't as crazy as some media outlets are portraying it. I am bothered that there is a, um, and there always has been, if it bleeds, it leads. If it fires, if there's fire, it goes higher. That 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 has always been that way in journalism. But, man, we, we, we make these events seem like they're more dangerous and bigger than they are. We're not doing anybody any good. Right. And now, needless to say, it, it, it's bad when people start throwing tear gas oh, sure. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it wasn't It wasn't like it, it looked, as I saw the coverage when I got back last night, because I got a call from the desk saying, get outside, get here, get here. I, I woke outside and said, well, I don't see anything. What are you talking about? Wow. That, uh, I had, to, now, go, man, I had get, to go find it. That is so interesting, Jim. So you, somebody who's there looking for mayhem, you get back to your hotel room and watch on TV and say, what's that? I, what, what are they yeah, doing? I didn't see. I was right there. I didn't see that part. But but then again, I was still filing a package when the protesters met those coming out of the arena at the very moment they were coming out. I was still filing my packages. So I didn't see, but it was done real quick. I mean, it was, and like I said, in 20 minutes, it was over. And they separated both sides on, the, on either side of the street. There was police line tape up there, do not cross. People were yelling back and forth. It wasn't even violent yelling, really. Uh, and then as, as it moved off, there were... A little skirmish here, a little skirmish there. 
but when the camera pulls in tight, it looks like it's it's necessarily mayhem. And I'm standing right in the spot where my my the, the editor is saying it's right there. It's, it's this place called here. I was like, yeah, I'm standing right here. Oh, you mean this little group over here? Let me go over and find out what happened. Right. It was you know a little bit. It was a little nutty last night. Oh, I'm sure it was. Um, inside and outside, because uh, it seemed yeah. that the president was in full campaign mode with a crowd that was very receptive to his message and. Uh, you know, he, he, he likes that more than maybe anything about being president, it looks like. Yeah, he does, you know, and, and, and he loves to fire up his base. He doesn't necessarily need to anymore because uh, he really has. He needs, to be, he needs to be thinking more about 2018 and 2020. He can't, he can't be warring with his own party at this point because 2018 is coming way too fast. He doesn't uh, care, <laughs> which is yeah, a lot of what his base care. likes. He doesn't care. He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> care. You're absolutely right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you he, he's, he's – He's right in some ways about the media because there was some unfair coverage on what he said at the Charlottesville. And he tried to explain it last night, but he's so hell-bent on defending himself and, you know, knocking down those he doesn't like rather than saying, wait a minute, what I said was, and he, he did kind of get to it last night. It took him a while, but he did get to it. He, what he meant by all sides was these Antifa or Antifa, who whatever, you, whatever they want to call themselves, these anti-fascist folks who come in using fascist tactics, by the way, uh, to cause mayhem, violence and, and vandalism wherever they go, no matter what the event. He was talking about them, right. not the peaceful protesters and poor Heather Heyer, who was killed by that neo-Nazi. He condemned the neo-Nazis and he condemned Antifa. He finally mentioned Antifa later on that day, later on last night, but it was already too late in some of the... Some of the um, Media outlets glommed onto the fact that he left out of his re, uh, reiteration of what he said in Char- after Charlottesville that he left out on all sides. And, and I just wish he would pull back a little bit and just say, "Wait a minute, hang on, let me explain that. I know you know this, but let me say it out loud anyway. I meant the anarchists, right. not the peaceful protesters, and I meant the neo Nazis. Well, those that's- are the two sides." Yeah, you're, you're right. As Joe and I uh, have said, he's both the greatest communicator of all time and the worst sometimes. I mean, but uh, the Antifa thing, uh, the East Coast just missed that story somehow. I think they're catching up. You you covering a lot of stuff on the West Coast. You, you've seen Antifa's act. So have we. We, we. we know what they are. They are a violent, scary group. The East Coast media, for some reason, missed all that stuff in Berkeley and Seattle and everywhere and don't realize yet what Antifa is. Although I, I think with a, a New York Times article late last week, an Atlantic piece, people are starting to catch up to what Antifa is. And uh, the president mentioned them by name last night. Yeah. And, and I, I'm, like I said, I'm glad he finally got there, but he got there a little too late. It was kind of after after the fact. Um, that he was talking about. And when he pulled out that damn, he was fine. He was on the teleprompter, and then he pulled out that damn piece of paper with the words he used after Charlottesville, and he went crazy against the media, and that's when it got very uncomfortable for us in that little press corral there. Talk to me about that. So you and the media felt like, here's the president staring at us and saying we're awful, evil people in front of a crowd uh, glaring at you and screaming. Yes, and it was so packed in there, and we were stand. There were stanchions, you know, those bike rack looking stanchions that you see Antifa throwing into buildings. You know, those things. We were corralled in one of those things, and people are leaning up against it because it's so packed inside the convention center. And so when he starts pointing at us and looking at us, everybody's attention right down on us, and they're yelling at us, "You dishonest man! You suck!" I mean, it's all this stuff going on, and you're going, "Man, if somebody throws..." A soda pop at me or something. I'm gonna really be honked off here. I'm gonna have to 
you know, defend myself. Well, yeah, but you it, know, it, and it didn't get it didn't get that bad, but it felt it, like it was. It, going. it certainly could someday, and uh, and and the president or or whoever's doing security. Uh, might want to make sure they have the media protected, too, because if the president's up there whipping up the crowd talking about these are awful people, these are the people that want to ruin your lives, all it takes is a couple of jackasses to start things uh, getting really crazy. Yep, and and there were a couple of little tiny instances inside. uh, An anti-Trump person uh, started yelling uh, on one side, then another one on the other side. They were quickly escorted out. No fists were thrown, no punches were thrown or anything. But uh, So, yeah, it, it, it could have turned a little weird on us. But, uh, you know, people are a little more in control than, uh, I, I guess, I guess, we, I guess we're just very happy that people were a little more in control. Yeah, I appreciate uh, appreciate that, Jim. I mean, you had you had some points there that uh, Trump lovers are going to uh, like and uh, some points there that Trump lovers are going to hate. So I think that was a very balanced account of what happened last night. Thanks for your time. <laughs> I'm just I'm just calling it like I saw. I understand. I understand. Jim Roop. Thank you very much, Jim. I mean, yeah, that's. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. He he thinks the media was overblowing the protest outside and how uh, big a deal that was. He felt uncomfortable with the, being attacked inside the arena and how p- angry people got. He thinks the media treated the president somewhat unfairly in his remarks about Charlottesville and that the president <laughs> didn't do a good job of explaining himself. So, yeah, I think that's calling it as you see it. Antifa mentioned by name by the president last night. We'll have to discuss later how you feel about that. The president taking on the media like that. The media's approval rating is down about as low as Congress's, which is in the teens. So Little think, George Stephanopoulos. So he's on solid ground doing that. The media acts like it's awful, but more on that on the way. Also, we've got a reporter on why uh, it's harder to win the lottery than it used to be with a giant lottery winning jackpot out there today. And so we got Marshall with the news coming up. I've got an update on the vagrant that threatened to kill me and my family. And uh, what's going on with that? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Now, how interesting that is that? If you just heard our, our report with the reporter Jim Roop, Roop, who was at the rally right. in Arizona last night. He's there outside to report on the protests. He gets back to the hotel room, watches other news outlets, right. and says, what, what are you guys seeing? That This is not what I'm seeing looking around. And what the president was doing was standing up there saying, all these media people lie to you. Well, it's kind of a self-fulfilling thing we got going on here, isn't there? If the press is making the protests out to be bigger than they are, which is misleading us, right. and the president saying they're a bunch of liars, and then then people get more worked up about it. A lot of the media really bothered by the president uh, saying the media is dishonest. But I was looking at the approval ratings. And as I remembered, the media is way down there with Congress in terms of trust. So the, the president's got the country on his side in terms of what people think of the media and their coverage. I did. I, I will tell you this: over the years, I have done a lot of field work, and I've covered a lot of big events, and I too have come back with a totally different story really? that I'm seeing on TV. That is so interesting. Now, sometimes it swings. Oh my God, you guys didn't see the police yeah, beating uh, yeah, people up. I, I could believe and that. And other times it was. Wait a minute. That didn't. That wasn't that big a deal. And you're absolutely right. It's a lot of the way it's framed, and it's a lot. In all honesty, if you're a reporter, you walk outside, you get caught in the middle of a flashbang episode. Well, you're gonna you're gonna be talking about it. You know, 
People were shooting off pepper spray, and oh my God, there was chaos. Plus, well, but, yeah, and it's not very good for your career to uh, to tell your news editor back at the station, and eh, there's not really much going on. Well, I did a couple times. If, if the if the <laughs> if the other outlets have fantastic tight coverage right. footage of right. a couple of people scuffling, right? Well, it sounds like the the crowd and traffic uh, news we got out of the eclipse that you were just at, Jack. Right. Yeah, but right. that doesn't really matter. This oh, does. Yeah. Yeah. The country is aflame enough. People are angry enough. There's enough division already and violence and everything like that to to uh, to overstate it is not helping anybody. Right. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is addressing the Fuhrer over his statements dealing with the violence in Charlottesville more than a week ago. During his rally in Phoenix last night, Trump was telling his supporters the media is misrepresenting his words. It's time to expose the crooked media deceptions and to challenge the media for their role in fomenting divisions. The only people giving a platform to these hate groups is the media itself and the fake news. Now, he took out a piece of paper and he read his statement in which he condemned the forces of bigotry and hatred, insisting he'd named those involved in the white supremacist rally, finger quotes around that. They were having a hard time with that one because I said everything. I hit them with neo-Nazi. I hit them with everything. I, I got the white supremacists, the neo-Nazi. I got them all in there, let's say. Yeah, KKK, we have KKK. I got them all. And then during the course of the evening, the president went ahead and said, the wall will indeed be built, even if it means shutting down the government. Build that wall. Now, the obstructionist Democrats would like us not to do it, but believe me, we have to close down our government. We're building that wall. And Trump all but said he will pardon controversial former Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Was Sheriff Joe convicted for doing his job that's what he should have had a jury but you know what i'll make a prediction i think he's going to be just fine okay i heard a a a serious big time news outlet this morning say and the president stood up there and defended a racist sheriff i thought that's not what most of the country thinks i mean most of the country does not feel that way at all. And and that's how Trump gets enough people on his right. side, the way he did throughout the entire campaign. Shifting gears. It's, ES- so, it's so crazy, though. You watch it and you just think, is this actually the president of the United States doing this whole routine? It's, it's, it's something, for better or worse. ESPN pulled an announcer off the University of Virginia game because of his name. When Virginia kicks off its season against William & Mary this weekend, Asian announcer Robert Lee will not be doing the play-by-play. This is so crazy. The network asked him if he wouldn't be more comfortable calling another game in light of deadly violence that followed the rally earlier this month in Virginia. The rally was a protest over removing a statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee from a park in downtown Charlottesville. That is just unbelievable. Now, I I realize, so uh, Sean got me this piece that uh, ESPN was worried about what the Internet was going to do with the fact that there would be a Robert Lee reporting on the game. The Internet would go wild, and it would be very hilarious, I'm guessing. Yeah, it just seemed like a a preemptive strike against possible memeing, I guess. (laughs) But I I just think if we head down this road... If we, if, if, if we start, <laughs> if we start reacting over what the internet yeah. could do with this, it's gonna it's gonna get very troublesome because there's a lot of trolls out there. 
the idea that a guy named Robert Lee can't report on a game in Charlottesville is so crazy. And I like the way ESPN is phrasing it. We went to him and asked, wouldn't you be more comfortable? Right, and they said it was a mutual decision. We've all had our bosses say, wouldn't you uh, yes. prefer to? We understand what they're saying. Yes, indeed. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. That is so crazy, though. It's just, how did we get here? Do I understand that a statue of Christopher Columbus is coming down in San Jose, California? Somebody hit with me with that headline. I haven't verified it yet. Maybe we can look into that as we, uh, maybe we're just anti-statue in this country. As Sean said, we clearly can't have them. Nobody gets a statue. <laughs> yeah, if your name's Andrew Jackson, you got to change it. Yeah. We, we can't be trusted with statues or, or names that are close to uh, controversial figures. Right. We've got documentary series, websites now. There are other ways than statues to pass along information about history. <laughs> we just don't need them anymore. I don't know what the pigeons are going to do. I was going to say. Uh, so we got so much stuff to talk about. Oh, Hillary Clinton with some excerpts out from her new book that hits next week. Her explaining her loss to Donald Trump. Fascinating stuff. What it was like on that debate stage, in her own words. Fascinating stuff. We'll get to that here in a little bit on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Speaking of food, Arby's in the news. Arby's is celebrating the Game of Thrones season finale by offering its customers a giant turkey leg. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's all part of their Game of Thrones tie-in. Diarrhea is coming. <laughs> oh. Wow. Conan, that is a loose stool uh, genre of humor, uh, thanks for tuning in the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is sort of the last week of our summer vacation as Joe is on the East Coast taking his kid to college. And um, and uh, then starting Monday, nose to the grindstone, seriousness. Kids are back to school. My kids go back to school today. I got to call them here in about a half an hour and wish them a good first day of school for my oldest second grade. So this is his third first day of school. It's, you know, he's... It's uh, old hat for him. Exactly. But my youngest, his first ever first day of school. Ooh. And that's that's a big one. Was there any passing along of knowledge from the elder it to was, the youngest? It was pretty funny. So yesterday we were at the school. Uh, we were actually at the playground, and we noticed the uh, the kindergarten was open, and his teacher were there. So we, we happened by and talked to her because we're friends with her and everything like that. But it was funny watching my, my seven-year-old show him around the school and say, now, over here, this is the bathroom, but this one's busy a lot, so you're going to want to go over here. <laughs> nice. That was pretty funny. <laughs> you know, I know I know my way around. I'm BMOC. Uh, too much paparazzi outside. There's an exit in back. <laughs> See that drinking fountain over there? That's the fourth grader's drinking fountain. You don't go to that one. My seven-year-old, he, I, he was also telling, he told his little brother, he said, I know how to get around this entire school avoiding the security cameras. Oh, yes! Wow. I thought, yes! what is that Uh-oh. about? <laughs> what are you planning, a heist? Is this Ocean's Eleven? He knows the places to eat the unhealthy snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, so I got to call them about first day of school. You know, and they got their new first day of school shoes that make you run faster and jump higher and all that sort of stuff. Been trying those out. Uh, a couple of things to catch you on, up on. I lost my train of thought. An update on uh, 
the transient that threatened my uh, family, threatened to kill us and rape my children. Yep, screamed that at us at a restaurant. I am uh, I'm in touch with the, the town, with uh, law enforcement. The um, Chamber of Commerce has asked me to come talk to them about something uh, regarding it. And I'm going to talk to people at that particular little um, shopping center. I wonder, if the, I wonder if individual shopping centers, do they have any responsibility because we went on Nextdoor. Has anybody ever used that Nextdoor app? It's yeah. pr- pretty handy. We were on Nextdoor, and, and my wife mentioned it, and all of a sudden, like, ten people said, yeah, we've had the same problem at that shopping center. So does a shopping center have any responsibility? In this in this world where you can get sued for anything, and people are constantly being afraid of being sued, I'm going to try to use that power to my side, to my benefit. Aren't you afraid you're going to get sued by somebody for not providing security at your shopping center? Pay one guy $20 an hour that doesn't get to carry a gun and has a fake police car to drive around and keep those people out of your shopping center. Yeah, you know the type where the badge is sewn yeah. on the shirt yeah, as exactly. opposed to being an actual badge. Mall yeah. cop. Hey, mall cop. But you know, hire, one of those, hour. Hire, wow. hire one of those people. Well, I don't know what they get paid. Where they get paid? That seems fair to have to deal with vagrants on a daily. I don't know what they get paid. I, it's got to be something in that range, I would think. 12. Really? Oh. You think? Wow. Let me see what Google says. Hold on. Sometimes their clothes are pretty ill-fitting. I, I, I and if be- anything actually went down, yeah, I have zero I, confidence in them. But just the well, visual, it helps. Uh, I gotta believe yeah. it helps. That just the looks like a police car driving around. Yeah. Um. So yes, they are taking down a uh, Christopher Columbus statue at uh, City Hall in San Jose, California. Or at least they're debating it. The statute's in the statue, not a statute. Two completely different things. The statue is inside City Hall, Chris of Christopher Columbus. Looks to be a sub-15 an hour on average. To be a security guard? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if a, if a $12 an hour guy is going to save your family's life. Or I'll, maybe you are, I don't I'll know. I'll blow my whistle a couple times, but at least I'm not getting within striking distance of the guy. Pepper spray. Yeah, the guy yeah, probably has pepper spray, probably uh, has the 911 on speed dial. Can probably help you out. So we'll, we'll, we'll catch up on the Christopher, well, the statue issue nationwide. Hillary Clinton has got a couple of excerpts out from her new book in her own words. It's her reading it, the audiobook version. How she felt on the debate stage with Donald Trump. Pretty darned interesting. We'll get to that this next hour. All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.